0: Readings, Christian faith, Baptist church, disciples, saints of the most high God. Praise God that he is, has come into the world, was born into the word, world, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is Advent season and we celebrate his coming into the world, but we thank the Lord that, uh. He came that we might have life and that more abundantly. So we pray that we are living out that abundant life. And one of the ways that we can do that, of course, through the spirit of God, but through studying God's word. So here we are, as we want to uh, continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we welcome each of you who are on tonight. And again, welcome anyone who may be on for the very first time. We welcome you. We have been studying and continue to study First Peter. Uh, we are in chapter three, and so without further ado, we're going to go ahead and and pray. Father, thank you for this night. Thank you for your word. Your word, uh, Lord, we need we need your word uh, because the, your word is the revelation of who you are. We need you. We need your spirit to reveal it in us that we might live a victorious life and uh, live this life more abundantly. Father, we thank you, oh God, for each one gathered tonight. Lord, we come with various concerns, and but we also come hungering and thirsting after you. And so we pray, Lord, something will be, sa- uh, will be said tonight, Lord, that would uh, stir us on to dig deeper in your word, to go on to see what the end is going to be. But Lord, sustain us um, by your loving power and the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we are, as I mentioned, we are studying First Peter chapter 3. And just let me just kind of lay some things out. Uh, one is a, a reminder on the 27th of December, the last Wednesday in December, we will not meet for prayer or Bible study. So just uh, I'll keep that in mind. So we have this Wednesday and next Wednesday um, before we take that one week break and then into 2024. So uh, I mentioned last week that we're going to try to, uh, I may have mentioned last week, going to try to finish out first peter but even as i continue to study there's just so much in it so i'm not going to (laughs) try i'm not going to try to rush through these last couple of chapters just to uh finalize the year we'll just continue to to do as we have done and take our time to walk through the word of god because there's no uh no date or time limit on uh, god's word as we study together so where in First Peter chapter three, and the, the end of chapter two, um, kind of the, not kind of the theme was living out our faith in the society, and what does that? How do we live out our faith in our environment? We talked about um, the the role of government and how we uh, respond in that government, and the respect and the honor that is due those in authority, and what is our responsibility as believers and try to uh, ask you to think about it, that there are some universal principles, but we also have to look at it from also from where we are living in the United States of America. How how do we live out our faith and in the civil government and where 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 can we have impact and how can we demonstrate to the world the love of God and what it means to be a believer. That's the role of the government. And then we talked about used, uh, talked about masters and slaves and um, more focused on how do we live out our life in the workplace and dealing with the challenges uh, when what if there are challenges in the workplace and there's uh, injustice and all those kinds of things, but yet we are still called to be salt and light in those environments so that whatever we do we're going to give glory and honor to the lord and that that brings us right up to chapter three now we're dealing with okay we dealt with the government we dealt with the work environment now we're getting a little bit closer we're getting to the home and so we're going to read chapter three uh verses uh, one through seven Yes, one through seven. Um, And I'll just go ahead and read uh, chapter three, one through seven. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you do good, and do not let fear and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Show honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered amen amen amen, amen. okay I, I i was concerned that i wouldn't get that many amens um, Amen. <laughs> but we're really amening to the word we're in agreement with god's word so um what are your thoughts now we're gonna we're gonna get into this in a little bit more detail but just um initial thoughts as you heard the word read what are your, some of your initial thought two or three things that stood out to you in this section this is not a new teaching as we've gone through ephesians romans corinthians these some of these same themes have come up so this should not be kind of some new things but maybe something else stood out different as we have read tonight.
1: I was gonna say, don't let your outward appearances be falsely for your internal appearances. A lot of times a a male or female could be handsome or beautiful on the outside and just as rotten on the inside.
0: Okay, okay. So let that beauty be one from the inside. Anything else?
1: The May verse 7 really emphasized again, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. In an understanding way. And that is truly something only the Holy Spirit can do because as husband and wife, you know, from the beginning when Adam was Adam, the Lord took the rib out, there was something that was taken out. And we... As we and sometimes, sometimes I don't realize just how much I need my wife and how much what she mm. has, that is no longer in me because the fact that God has made us to be one flesh, that hearing what she has is a part of fulfilling um, the unity that God has ordained so that we can walk in fellowship with him. We need our wives in our wives. We need our wives.
0: Somebody say amen. 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 A woman do. Amen. Amen. Anybody anybody else? Anybody else?
2: I find it interesting, um, as I often do, that um, the, the verbiage, the word, is much more lengthy in describing a woman's responsibility okay. uh than it is the husband's. I, I acknowledge the fact and I agree that uh it is, is admonishing the men to be um the head of the house but to model that headship that made up that word in a way that is respectful and and honorable. Um, but at the same time, it addresses a woman's physical appearance, how she carries herself, and all of those minor details that may or may not be important in in um well that are important according to the word, but may or may not make her guilty of being less than um, honorable to her husband. So I just
1: I am so glad that the woman up. said
2: that. I didn't mean to interrupt you,
1: but I'm so glad that the woman said that because that was. There were a lot of lines about how the woman should be quiet and things like that. And then there was one or two sentences at the end. And I'm, I'm <laughs> glad a woman said
0: it it's it's true. And we like I said, we have uh delved into this and in various other passages and um Ephesians, where there is a little bit more in there, but it gives us um. Just the totality of, of how important, because um, part of this, again, is, I want, that's why I kept focusing on, how are we living out our faith in the culture? So part of it, we have to look at the culture that was addressed here, but then we have to be able to apply it to our culture and, and our uh, circumstances, even right now. So let's go back to verse one pa- Pastor, go ahead was, was Deacon Brown finished I thought was you she... I, th- I thought you were Deacon Brown were you I was oh okay. I was mm-hmm.
2: I just the only thing that I didn't get to say was uh to tell brother Charles thank you for backing me up that's all. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh
0: I can get amen on that Deacon Brown I'm right no. there with
2: him you get an amen from me too thank mm-hmm. you very much
0: that's too. we got we got to have one more is there one more Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how how are husbands and wives? You now, what was the culture of the day? Why this instruction was so important? And and what was the? How were women? How were wives? How were households managed during that time? And again, how does that impact us today? Because remember, there this is about. Uh, the feeling that, or the thought that these Christians, they're trying to disrupt our whole society. And yeah. so they are now, as believers, there's something different about them. And so, how do you make an impact on society um, in the way that we conduct our lives? And so, first instruction is first to do what? Wives are to do what?
2: Be,
0: be subject or submit yeah. to your own mm-hmm. husband. Mm-hmm. That that word means to place yourself under. Place mm-hmm. yourself under. That is not to be put under, but it is to place yourself under. That's the that's the word, that's the wording, just like. Um, and it's kind of a military word, meaning how a um, in the military you would fall in line. So placing yourself under um, in that relationship. So it's submitting yourselves to your own husbands. And so in the household, that's your you are demonstrating to the society that this this household uh, they are walking in unity. These this household is representing God, a testimony to not only the, uh, the society as a whole, but what else does it say how it has an impact? Subject your to your own husbands, so that even if, what? Any of them do not believe the word. Okay, and so obviously they're dealing with those that have come to faith, and so there may be some that have come to faith. Now, one spouse is married. In this case, the husband, the instruction is to the wife. So the husband is not married. And so the way that she, meaning the wife, conducts herself by her conduct, by the way she carries herself, can have an impact on, and I'll just read it, that they may be one, I, I was hoping that i would hope i was hoping somebody would finish the sentence for me uh-huh. that they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives and so lifestyle and how we conduct ourselves and again i know this is to wives to husbands but it's, it's broader than that but in this case when this situation has how do we live out Our faith in such a way that if there is an unbelieving spouse, how does our behavior reflect the new nature and represent God's kingdom in the household so that they can be won over? That these Christians are not about disrupting the society, but rather having a positive impact on the society within the household. So that's one. Was go ahead.
2: I'm sorry. Uh, I understand from our studying that this is a patriarchal society. That's the context in which mm-hmm. all of this of, occurs. But at the same time, I also am hearing from what you just said, and I was afraid I'd forget if I didn't hear and say it, that a lot of the weight of conversion is on the woman, on the wife. It does not say that the husband might convert a wife who is not a believer. I guess that's to be understood. That's my question.
0: I wouldn't say that's necessarily to be understood because it's hard because we don't have the data on how many, you know, how many uh, women were being converted to the faith and uh, how many men were converted to the faith. But if we look, just look at modern you know, their their women have a great impact and are responding yeah. to the gospel. So it do, does kind of translate over even to our modern that uh, the believing spouse often is the the wife. Not all the not always the case, but that's one. So it is a patriarchal, but it's it's more than that. It's still within that household. It's not that the weight of because that's on everyone. You know, we're all called to. Um, you know, make disciples. We're all called to live out our faith and our life to be an example to others. And But in this particular case, and we don't know specifically what is being addressed, if Peter had some kind of knowledge that in this community, there were a lot of um, women, spouses, wives who were saved and uh, husbands that were not. So he's May be addressing a particular issue, but I would not use it as a universal principle that wives have a big responsibility and the husbands don't. I hope you understand what I'm saying there. I do. Okay. I hope I answered your question or kind of addressed what you brought up.
2: You did, kind of.
0: You did. Well, let's get some more clarity because somebody else may have a similar question.
2: Well, you know, modern day, you look at the churches of today and there are more women uh, in the church than there are men. But Uh then to say that the women are uh, considered weaker, that kind of uh, makes you want to take pause and think about that whole thing. If the woman is considered weaker, then why are the women leading, you know, doing things or serving in the church and the men are, are not, you know,
0: not as much. I, I would I would ask you to hold that thought until we get to the husbands. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the reasons why I said I'm not going to try to rush, <laughs> rush through these next few chapters because this is where we we live in terms of living out our faith and how do we not only for our own households But how do we minister to a a spouse that may be married to an unbelieving spouse? Now, how can we minister and support and encourage? And this is one of the scriptures that we can lean on, um, that it's not only by the words that we speak, but it's by what their behavior or conduct without a word Yes. May be a blessing, maybe to win over. Who has to do the ultimate work? The Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We as individuals, in this case, a wife cannot save her husband. However, this is a, a word of encouragement and that's how I receive this as a word of encouragement to this community that may have been dealing with uh, maybe a majority of spouse, uh, wives that were have come to the Lord and their spouses did not. And how do we encourage them? Because the goal is, again, to glorify God in the midst. Um, so one, submit your, to your own husbands by their behavior. What else does it say in these couple of verses to the wives? Maybe one, without a word, when they see your respectful and pure because again the reputation was these Christians were disruptive but say wait a minute that's not true at all because in our my, my household I know how my wife is and so this isn't being an example even in the household when they see you respect do not let your adorning so where's the beauty going to come from? And somebody said it earlier about external versus internal um, your heart the heart. transformation in your
1: heart
2: I'm with
1: it's just like I, it's just like a uh some Christians wear all these crosses the big crosses that don't mean they any more saved than you if the if the heart has not changed so the outside if, of dormant don't
0: mean a thing so again let it be from so I just want to make sure that it's clear that Peter in this case is not saying that you not wear any of these things. That's not where the beauty should come from. I'll say that one more time. He's not giving instructions that you are prohibited from adorning yourself with these things. More, It's more of the case of that's not where the beauty should be coming from. It should be coming from the spirit or the purity of your life on the inside. Modesty. Thank you. And it says here, gentle and quiet spirit, which is what? Very precious in God's sight. So how do we how does that spouse or that wife to the unbelieving Um, Husband, let the inner beauty, respect, honor, um, how they conduct themselves. Very precious in God's sight is that that kind of spirit that represents God, even in the household.
2: And even if the, the husband is a believer, is how I'm hearing that he will respect he is well you're getting to that already Uh, but it's not just in order for him to respect I'll I'll say me but it is for him to be able to like you said respond to anybody else's criticism who might
0: not respect me there we go verse 5 for this so now we're going to go to an example For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. So he's using an example. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. I just want to give a quick instruction To all of the husbands who may be online, do Mm -hmm. not when we hang up from this call, don't be talking to your wife saying (laughs) you heard the scripture say you need to call me Lord. Okay, don't 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 do that. I I was telling you right now, (laughs) because so, but what in again in that well now going back to the Old Testament society, the word Lord or Master, that's how it they were see but what is what is really happening there it's recognizing that place of respect and honor so it's not about calling anybody lord or giving them that place it's just it's really the ultimate respect that um, that is being given so again when we finish bible study later on husbands do not quote this <laughs> And tell your spouse that you need to start calling me Lord. Okay? That's just want to make sure I put that out there. Um, But what it is is... Even if her name is Lord? (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. (laughs) Unless that. (laughs) And you are her children. If you... What is it? Do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So even in that situation, just keep on doing good, living the life, um, and you know that you don't have to walk in fear um, as you're putting your faith and trust in the Lord. Any other comments? This is to the wives. You don't have to fear anything. You don't ha- I'm going to say it one more time. You don't have to fear... Because some people are living in difficult situations, but yet there's a, a a response from the Lord that even in the even in those environments, God wants us to. And hear the um, the wife, this is how you are to live to glorify me in this, so that you will have a, a testimony in that household. And how is that gonna happen? By trusting and believing in the Lord. So I wanna stop there for just a moment. Any questions? Because what I do not want to leave this opening, well, what if in some of the scenarios or what if there is an abusive relationship? Now that's a whole different category because that's when you go to safety. That's when you go to the role of government, which we talked about before. There's this 911. There's all those other things when you're in that kind of environment. So, does not say that any, um, in this case, wife needs to stay in that environment, you know, and, and to be naive and say, "Well, I don't have to worry about anything. God told me not to be, not to fear." But we also have the role of government meaning authorities, or in this case, governors, if there is someone is in danger um, so that you can get the help. So I just wanna make sure it's not putting anybody or we counsel anybody or advise anybody to stay in an unsafe environment. Cause that's, I do not believe that's what this text is leading towards. It's more of how do you be a witness in this environment? And if it goes to the other level, then there's other things you have to consider um trusting god to provide for a safe place or something else so um any any other comments or questions okay let's go on to over to the husbands likewise or in some translations in the same manner mhm What does that mean? What's the same manner? Early, we have to go Mm -hmm. all the way back to the second chapter. It's a mindset of submission Mm -hmm. and order and trusting God, just as the wife is is in submission. And this, it's the same way, handle it from an aspect of submitting to one another. And that's how um, really Ephesians chapter five, I wanna refer back to that, that whole section on husbands and wives is preface with submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so this submission is not exclusive to the wife, it also includes to the husbands as well, but in the same manner. So now he's giving instructions to the husbands. What is he saying, verse seven? Live with your wives in same way, be considerate and live with your wives and treat them with respect. Okay, so weaker, that same go ahead. I'm sorry, as the weaker partner. Okay, mm-hmm. so that same issue of respect and honor, whether it's mm-hmm. the wife to the husband, now it's to the husband to the wife, be considerate. Mm-hmm. Or some translations, be understanding. Does anybody have another word that's, be, that's used in another translation? Another way of saying it be thoughtful,
1: mm-hmm.
0: be intentional,
2: honor them,
0: delight in them. Delight, live with your wives and understand. So when you understand something, what 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 has to happen in order to understand? Got
1: to study. Because
0: they're dwelling with them. Well, in some translation, dwelling with them according to knowledge. What knowledge? The knowledge of the Lord. Lord. Okay, one, knowledge of the Lord. What else?
1: Of your wife
0: also. Of your wife. Also. There you go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Be sensitive to her needs. Be sensitive it. according to knowledge. Not the knowledge that husbands, some may think they know everything. No, that's not what it's all about. It's knowledge of what are the needs
2: Mm-hmm. Of my
0: Bye. wife? How can I be a blessing to my wife? How can I serve my Bye. Bye. wife? Mm-hmm. And you do it by not what you think you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. according to knowledge. Where's that knowledge coming first? It comes from knowledge of God, as was said Amen. earlier. Amen. But you have to find out what are what are the likes? What are the dislikes? What are the, sen- somebody used the word sensitivities. How can I bring out as a husband the best in my wife?
2: One thing the husband has to be kind of, uh, have to humble himself
0: some. Okay, and that goes back to that word in the same way in the terms of submission, being considerate. Thinking about the other person's needs, loving, Lo- yes. All right, come on now, loving, insightful. Loving. Whoa, 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 That's <laughs> I didn't. I don't have that one in my notes. What What was that word again? Insightful. Insightful. Wow. Can you Can you elab- elaborate on that a little <laughs> bit more? Insightful. Uh, knowing.
2: Um, well. Being attentive enough to, uh, as you get to know your wife and learning about her likes and dislikes, preferences, and that Mm -hmm. comes with patience and understanding, gaining (laughs) insight and prayerful because, you know, the Holy Spirit will reveal when he knows that you are sincerely seeking to know you
1: know, to understand your life. Another place I've read it says with an intelligent recognition of the nature of the marriage relation. Mm
0: -hmm. That takes Mm -hmm. work.
1: That's not something that just comes natural.
0: No. And so it it just in case you didn't know, it takes hard work. That's right. To understand. And in some of the words that were used earlier, you could even uh, the fruit of the spirit. Mm. When it talks about love, patient, kindness. In other words, we're saying allow the fruit of the spirit to be evident. Husbands to be evident in your relationship with your wife,
2: and vice versa. Yes, okay. Deborah said it. I was going to say it should be reciprocal. Yes. Yeah. It also
1: takes, takes time, also. It takes time.
2: Amen. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It takes time. Yeah, because when you're, when you're living for Christ, um, I guess
1: you could say that a sanctified wife can cause a sanctified husband, and a sanctified husband can cause a sanctified wife. One can gain the other and the other could gain that
0: one. Yes. Who, you know, whoever is of the faith. But you have to you have to be all of those oh. things. You have to yeah. be led by God. You have to be uh, uh, um, um, insightful. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to pay attention to your mate. Right, <laughs> Loving <laughs> What do you say? You you have to do what? Pay, pay attention. Pay attention.
1: -hmm. And the Lord said in Genesis that the two shall become one one. flesh. So in other words, you are not the same, and you are deficient without that wife's input. He when Mm -hmm. God put Mm -hmm. Adam to sleep, the first anesthesiologist. He took something out of Adam that without what was taken out of him, he is going to be incomplete. And I search for the one. It takes the
0: unity. Amen. Mm. And the two mm. shall, be one. shall, one. shall one. become one. So mm. that's where the growing mm-hmm. mm. and growing yeah. and going and you're being united. And I want to get to this next part because it says as let me get back to the correct verse. Verse seven. Um, verse seven. Yes. Understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. So that's what uh, I think it was Sister Ola had keyed in on, since they are heirs with you. So there's a couple ways of, several ways of looking at that. But remember, this is a part of it is a simile. In the sense of as, so it's not necessarily describing the that the woman is the weaker vessel. Weaker. So it's not saying that the woman is the weaker vessel, but the whole point is talking about being understanding, being same thing with uh, with a husband being gentle. It's the whole th- part of it is honor. Yes, you can appeal to physically, there are definitely difference between male and female, between husband and wife. I would say 98, (laughs) there's a definite difference, but it's not only talking about the physical part because thank you uh, was mentioned going back to Genesis. And the two shall become one. Genesis chapter one, and then later in chapter two, they'll become one flesh. This is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, male and female. He created them. God created them. I'm going to give you a help meet that a helper that is suitable for you. So God, in the from the very beginning, Designed them to be one, to be in one accord. Later, it says in this text that they are heirs to the promise with you. So Mm -hmm. there is not inequity. There is oneness, equality, heirs together. But husbands, one of the things it's it's stressing is the thoughtfulness, considerate, being considerate, honor, respect. That's because again, what's the culture? What did that culture think about not only women and children? Sometimes they were just seen as off to the side, Mm -hmm. unimportant. But now he's saying you are to be counter cultural, but you are to treat them with the utmost honor, not as simply a piece of property that you own, but value your wife. That's really the essence of what's happening here. Honor your wife because you are heirs together. Then there's that other part, that last part, that either curveball, knuckleball, something just got through in there, thrown in there. Of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So that your prayers, prayers may your not prayers. be Prayers not hindered. Prayers, prayers will not hindered. hindered. Yes. The prayer. mm-hmm. Y'all saying yeah. it. Nothing will hinder your prayers. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what does that make you think about? So that nothing will hinder your prayers.
2: The heart. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, heart. nothing, yeah, nothing will,
0: will come about. Okay.
2: Obedience of God's word.
0: Okay, one obedience to God's word.
2: A clean heart.
0: You are one flesh. Mm-hmm. So coming to God in unity. And so if there's disjointedness in there, mm-hmm. how are you presenting yourself as one flesh? Before the Lord, there's dissonance, there's a discord, and you're out of tune. Yes. This need needs to be tuned, one flesh.
1: And the word says where two or three are gathered together in my name, and where does that to begin with? Husband and the wife. And if the husband and the wife aren't in unity in prayer, it's not going to spread, you know, the family, the, the marriage was the first institution God ordained the family. If it doesn't start there with two or three being agreed, how are we going to do that in the greater context of the church if we can't agree?
0: So that nothing, remember what kingdom principle, if you have aught with your brother, leave your gift mm-hmm. where at the yes. altar and go be reconciled. That's not only has to do with, you know, brother. You know, this is husbands and wives as well. So that's that's that important. The home life is that important. Yes. It's that high of a priority so that your prayers will not be hindered.
2: Another translation does say the same thing in different words. It says that in the new life of God's grace. Your equals treat your wives then as equals so your prayers don't run aground.
0: So there's no room for pride, right? Arrogance, unforgiveness, but there is room for humility, honor, forgiveness, so that we can work. Husbands and wives can be one flesh. Powerful. Amen. Yes. So how are we living out our faith? Again, we talked about in terms of our role in the government, our role in the work, or our role now in the household. Unlike um, the Ephesians passage, it does not deal with uh, the next part of children, obey your parents and the Lord. So it just, focuses on those three in particular. But we can, you know, kind of go even further in terms of once that home life is is being built together, that has an impact on the household, how one governs their lives within the household so that they can have an impact generationally on the next generation. So this is countercultural that, in spite of what they're saying about you this is how this is how we live we're going to mm-hmm. live in unity and oneness and you are not above and the wife below you are equals in the sight of god yeah. joint heirs or heirs together so there is no need for a competition you are one flesh that's how we can have an impact in the society. So what we have talked about, um, right? this passage deals with husbands and wives. And I just wanna do a quick uh, kind of outline what's gonna come next because the next probably two and a half chapters, three, for a little bit of five well one and a half chapters it's going to deal with suffering in various forms so and i want us to go in your, in your old time go back to chapter one because remember chapter chapter one they talked about them being exiles um, mm-hmm. and the trying of their faith and so that was a theme that was kind of set up in the very first chapter. Now he's going to deal with it in more detail when we get into chapter three, as well as chapter four, and again, as part of chapter five. And so as we're reading these passages, look at what does, what is Peter trying to convey through the spirit of God, of course, in terms of what is the, how do we deal with the challenges, the suffering that, we go through that we either are going through or will go through as believers and what what do we make of it when we are going through those kinds of events and there's another as when we come through that then we're going to get to near the end he's going to have in chapter four and chapter five additional instructions to the body of christ as a whole and then to leaders And so, but in the midst of that, this church was obviously going through a time of great suffering and persecution. So this is a word of encouragement while you're going through. God has a word for them and it begins with in verse eight. Let me just go ahead and and set this up because this this is going to come up several times. I'll read verse 8. Finally, all of you, so now we went from talking to various categories. Now it's finally all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. I'm going to read that again. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, Tender heart and a humble mind. And I wanted to read that kind of the setup because that's going to set the stage of saying, listen, folks, you need each other. Mm -hmm. You need each other because you're going to be, you are going through and you're not going to make it on your own. Of course, you'd make it through the Holy Spirit. But you're not going to go through this on your own. You need one another. And so what do we want you to do? Unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. All of these are going to be part of some of the characteristics or values or principles that are going to be needed as we go through um, the suffering that they evidently we're going through. So from verses 8 through 12, it's going to talk about the mindset. And then from 14 on down to the rest of the chapter, it's going to really get dig into the suffering and how to process that as you're going through as believers. So we're going to stop there and pick that up next week, as I mentioned. Um, so today is the 6th. No, today's the thirteen. Thirteen. Next week, the 20th, that'll be our last uh, Bible study for the year. We will not meet on the 27th, and then we will pick back up in the new year. So we'll continue in our study of First Peter. Amen?
2: Amen. Pastor, as we end this, may I ask for a footnote uh, or a preamble next week regarding uh, the fact that we talked about uh, two family, two parents household, how to keep that family together. How do we minister to single parent household with this same scripture when there is not a second spouse to uh, to unify the family, but it's all on one, either the father or the mother when the other is absent?
0: That's good. That's good. That's a good question. Good thought for us to be Thinking about because it does kind of that's where the next part is goes into. There's really not a whole lot of scriptures that deal necessarily with, as you mentioned, the single parent household, but there are values that we do see throughout. Because when we talk about, um, especially the role of government, we get that the role within the workplace here, the dealt specifically with husband and wife within that framework. But then he goes down to finally all of you. So there are some bigger pictures of how, how do we still uh, maintain the values of the kingdom of God in terms of the loving one another, unity, caring for one another, You hear it says sympathy, having a tender heart uh, for all of us. And how does that have an, an impact for the kingdom of God? And then have to, we'd have to go back to earlier in the um, first, for the second chapter in terms of how, how do we see ourselves that we are that royal priesthood, we are living stones. And so the, all those values leading up to that's for everyone. And then how do we support um, the single parent not identified here, but what are the things that we can encourage our household so and I'm, I'm just trying to make the parallel with, with Ephesians chapter 6 where it does talk about children obeying your parent parents um and it'll be very similar in terms of children or child or children obeying that single parent single parent still loving on that child's p- single parent so it's it is complicated but I appreciate your bringing that up so some of the what I'll say the kingdom principles that we've discussed that applies to everyone Um, Mm -hmm. it's that unity of the body of Christ how do we support one another and here it is have unity of mind sympathy brotherly love a tender heart and a humble mind all those are going to go into the ingredient of supporting everyone in, in various households thank you yeah, that's good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there, I mean, it, and let me just continue. So this is about how are we living out our faith in the society. And so now we have to go not only single parent household, what, what happens when there are also, you know, a grandparent or another person living in the house? How do we still represent Christ in our culture in our environment in our world and bring glory to God how do we live out these these values so that God's name can be glorified in the midst Amen
1: Amen Amen